I meet so many people that think they don't have what it takes to be a missionary. They've received the wrong education. They work in the wrong vocation. They live in the wrong location. And because of those things, they just don't fit the bill. They don't believe they have what it takes to be a live-sent missionary. In this episode, we're going to look at the three essential missionary qualities you never knew you had coming up. Well, welcome back to the LiveSent Podcast, where I am crazy passionate about helping Christ followers live like everyday missionaries in their households, neighborhoods, workplaces, and cities. My name is Justin Wester, and this is episode number two of the Living Scent Podcast. What I'd like to do with this podcast is create content that is valuable to you and that helps equip and inspire you to live scent every day. I love hearing from you, so if you have any resources, things like books, articles, thoughts, even questions and or feedback that corresponds to this podcast, please, please, please send them my way. You can go to my website at justinwester.com, navigate to the contact page and send me a message and I will check it out and I will respond. As a reminder, the show notes of this podcast will be available on my website as well, justinwester.com. Just navigate to the podcast tab and you can download these notes for free to use for your personal study if you want to look into something further or even with your team. I would actually recommend that you do so with your team or with a group of people. Last week, we answered the question, what exactly is living scent? And in that podcast, I shared three main things. And here is just a quick recap. Number one, living scent is a calling. Living scent is a calling, a calling that every Christ follower has. Number two, living scent is a posture, a posture. That is, it's an attitude or a way of engaging with the world around you. And finally, here's number three, living scent is an acronym, an acronym with each letter representing a different missional behavior. And here's a quick recap of what those behaviors are. There are four of them. The S stands for see people like Jesus. The E stands for eat with people like Jesus. The N stands for neighbor people like Jesus. And the T stands for talk with people about Jesus. This week, we're going to talk about something that is very important. I'm sharing the three essential missionary qualities you never knew you had. This is so, so important to me because I meet a ton of people that think they simply don't have what it takes to live like and to be a live-sent missionary. And I want to change that. My goal by the end of this podcast is for you to see yourself as having what it takes to live-sent. So here we go. Let's get right into it. The first essential missionary quality you never knew you had, it is, number one, your unique personality. Your unique personality. Have you ever wished you were more like someone else? You know, you ever said to yourself, man, I wish I was more outgoing. Uh, I wish I was more spontaneous, more extroverted, more assertive, maybe. Or perhaps it was kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe you wished you were more reserved more thoughtful even, and and reflective, and more inquisitive. Well, I think we all, if we're honest, have at some point or another wished our personality was somehow different. 
And here's how this applies to uh, being a live sent missionary. When you hear that word missionary, you likely begin imagining the kind of person that fits that particular profile. Your mind brings in everything you know about that word, all of the stories, all of the names, all the pictures in your mind, all the people that correspond to that word missionary. And if your personality does not mesh with that, you likely don't see yourself as a missionary. You know, if you were to list off the live sent habits, we did that earlier, see people like Jesus, eat with people like Jesus, neighbor people like Jesus, and talk with them about Jesus, living sent may sound like it would only apply to one type of person. You know, the outgoing, spontaneous, extroverted type of person. And for some, that may be intimidating. You know, I don't have the competency of somebody like a C.S. Lewis who knew tons of scripture and who could rattle off the names of people throughout history and he could debate anyone about anything about the truths of Christianity. I don't have that. I don't have the confidence of someone like a Jim Elliott who left everything to go to an unknown area who suffered a terrible death on the mission field, courageously, you know, taking the gospel to an unreached people group. I don't have that. I don't have the charisma of somebody like a Billy Graham who could captivate thousands of people just with speaking and who preached all over the world. I don't have what they had, you may say. You may say, in fact, I'm the opposite of that. But are you ready for some really good news? God is not asking you to be someone you're not. He's not asking you to know as much as a C.S. Lewis before you say yes to him. He's not asking you to have as much courage as a Jim Elliott before you say yes to him. He's not asking you to develop the charisma of a Billy Graham before you say yes to him either. He wants you to trust him, to use your uniquely crafted personality for his work in the world. Guys, God uses different kinds of people to reach different kinds of people. And I have seen this play out time and time again. Introverts and extroverts alike, young and old. If you've been following Jesus for 15 years or following him for 15 days, he wants to use you and your unique personality to influence those around you to trust and follow Christ. That's why your unique personality is the first essential missionary quality. Here's your second, your unique placement. Your unique placement. Follow me on this. This thought really sank in for me this week. The last time I checked, there were seven continents on earth and 196 different countries. Most of us live in the U.S., which has about 50 states. I currently reside in the state of Florida, which has about 260 to 270 different cities. I live in the capital city of Tallahassee, which has a population of about 200,000 people. And then within Tallahassee, there are a multitude of different neighborhoods. And I live in just one of those neighborhoods and only have a handful of neighbors around me. Now, I want you to just pause and think about where you live. Out of all the places that you could have lived, out of all the the time periods that you could have been born, God chose this location. God chose this time. And folks, that's got to be for a reason. 
In Acts 17, the Apostle Paul is in Athens and he's standing in the Areopagus and he tells those listening, he says these words, he says, and he made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Let me reread that that latter half. Having determined the allotted periods, that's the time, and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that's the location. God determined not only your unique placement in time and on earth, but also every other individual as well. For what purpose? That you might find him and help others reach out and discover him as well. Think about your neighbors for a second. You didn't choose them. God did. Think, think about your employees or your co-workers for a moment. You didn't choose them. God did. Think about those who sit next to you at the ball field or at the concert or on the airplane. You didn't create the seating chart. God did. So whether you live in a house or in an apartment, whether you live in a traditional neighborhood or maybe on an acreage, whether you work in an office or now you're working remotely or you like to go outdoors or maybe you like to stay indoors and play video games, the people around you have been brought near to you by God for the express purpose of living sent among them. So what are you waiting for? Who has God already sent to reach them? Here's something to think on. No one else has been given your unique placement in life. How will you use it this week? That's the second one. Here's number three. Your unique pain and past experiences. Your unique pain and past experiences I'm not sure if it was Luis Palau or Billy Graham who said this, but it came from someone who had traveled the world and seen a lot of the world. They said, I found that the universal language is not love, it's pain. It's not love, it's pain. Why? Not everyone has experienced love, but everyone has experienced pain. And as sad as that is, I think it can also be encouraging if you look at it from a slightly different perspective. And here's that perspective. It's encouraging because it means that God doesn't waste our past experiences and our past painful experiences. He can actually use them as our greatest connecting points with others if we'll let Him. I know you've experienced this before. You're with a group of friends and you're hanging out and somebody says, hey, you know, they notice a scar and they say, where did you get that scar? And then there's this crazy story, you know, oh, we were over at our friend's house and we wanted to, you know, jump the creek. And so we all got on the bicycle and, you know, there were four of us trying to ride the thing at the same time. And we built a ramp and right when we hit the ramp, the ramp broke and I flew over the handlebars, hit my head on a rock and had to get 12 staples in my head. And everybody goes, wow, you know, what an amazing story. And then there's that one guy that says, that's nothing. Check this out. And then before you know it, everybody is swapping stories. Why? Because scars tell our stories. Scars instantly bind people together. It's amazing. It's the same with our pain and our past experiences. But folks, I know there are people listening 
that have scars that no one has ever seen. You have scars that no one even knows exist. You may be embarrassed by them. You may be ashamed of them. You you are not really sure if others are going to reject you because of them. But if the Lord has brought healing to that area to your life, He has a purpose for that past experience. He has a purpose for the pain that you endured. Listen to the Apostle Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 1.3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God isn't looking for perfect missionaries. He's looking for people who will give Him their personality, their placement, and their pain and past experiences to be used by Him for the gospel. Will you? I want to remind you to rate and review this podcast if you found it valuable and to share it with a friend on social media as well. That would mean the world to me. If you have any questions about Living Scent, I would love to hear from you. So please send me those questions at my website, justinwester.com. Head over to the contact page. Yes, I do check it. And yes, I will respond. Well, I hope you realize that you don't have to change your job, you don't have to change your neighborhood or your degree to begin living scent. You can do so today, right here, right now. Remember, you don't have to live scent, you get to. See you next time.